This morning, our topic, as we've been talking about this series of things to remember, is this sort of unfortunately unusual topic. Because the only time we talk about it is um, when it comes up, (laughs) when there's a need. You see, today we're talking about generosity. And unfortunately, when I talk about generosity, most of the time, especially in a church context, we think of something like this. We think of an offering plate. Now, I realize for the past three months, we haven't been passing any of these. Um, We haven't done our giving in the quote-unquote normal way, the way that we're used to. But this moment... When, when the plate comes by, or, or maybe, uh, as you might view it from a live stream setting, when this slide comes up, this moment is more important than you know. Because it's an opportunity to show one of the, the most important attributes of God's people. Uh, it, it's much deeper than just the plate or the slide. What we're talking about is, is the attitude behind the action. The spirit behind the slide. The why behind the how. We're talking not about giving in and of itself. We're talking about generosity. You see, generosity is, is much more than giving. It's, it's much deeper than, than budgets and, and pledges and uh, all of the things that goes along with what we might think of as uh, generous in the kingdom of God. No, it, it's much deeper than that, you see. Generosity is a manner of living. It, it, it's a way, it's a mindset, it's an attitude of abundance. And above all things, it's the example of God. It's how God treats his children. And, and as you think about God's multitude, uh, manifold ways of blessing his people, uh, it, it's apparent, and, and we're going to talk about not only his generosity, but how it should affect ours. As we think about this, the, the first thing that we have to realize, that, that we're, the place where all generosity starts, is the very simple point that you are blessed. Now, you know that if you've been around Northside and you've ever met Justin Abraham, uh, and you ask him, you know, hey, Justin, how are you? I mean, we all know what he's going to say. We, we know what Justin and Cindy will both say. When you say, hey, how are you? I'll say, I'm blessed. And that's exactly right. Paul, the apostle, reminded the church at Corinth of this. This was a church that... <laughs> had a multitude of problems. And and in the midst of talking about a whole series of things and talking about his role as an apostle, you know what he said? He said this most profound statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He said, What did you have? What do you have that you did not receive? That's pretty profound if you think about it. Try try just for a moment to think about one single thing that you have that you did not receive. When you woke up this morning, I mean, literally, when you woke up, when your eyelids popped open, 
and you could see colors and shapes and, and the dreaded alarm clock or, or iPhone or whatever, however you wake up, did, did you realize that, that your gift of sight, your gift of hearing is a gift from God? He gave that to you. And often we fail to acknowledge those things as gifts until we, till we lose one of them or, or till we have a, a problem with one of them. We don't fully appreciate it. When you took your first breath, that air that you took in wasn't even yours. God made that air for you. And from your first breath, from the moment you came into this world to your last, Every single breath in between, all of it, is God's air. Every single breath is a gift from Him. Every single beat of your heart, every as you stepped out of bed and, and, and you got yourself ready, maybe you showered and shaved, you used water to do that, you realize that, uh, that that's His water? It's the very same water that He, he made... All that many years ago, back in Genesis, same water. It's a gift. It's all a gift. You and I are are receivers of so many of God's blessings. And everything in our hands, everything we've received. Generosity starts here. It starts with that understanding that we are blessed. You are blessed, but you need to understand where those blessings come from and who began all of those blessings. You see, you are blessed, but you aren't just blessed in a general sense. You're blessed specifically and purposely by the blesser. Psalm chapter 24 says, The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, the world, and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Just like we sang this morning. This is my father's world. Now you've heard maybe it said that God's fingerprints are all over our world. But that's not really true. (laughs) The, the, The more true statement is that our fingerprints are all over his world. Everything that you touch, everything that you see, everything that you experience is your Father's world. Created in perfection. Now, we messed it up, of course. We brought sin into it. And so the world is not as God intended it. But when He designed it originally, it was perfect. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift... And every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. See, God blessed you because it's within his nature. You think about it, there's probably three basic things that a person can do with money when you think about what you can do with money is you can give it, you can save it, you can spend it. Those, I mean, you, you can have lots of categories and lots of uh, balance sheets and lots of uh, 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 personal budgets and so forth. But it all comes down to those three. Giving, saving, and spending. 
it's not going to surprise you that people who are givers tend to give. (laughs) People who are savers tend to save. People who are spenders tend to spend it. I wonder, as you're sitting on your couch this morning, you're watching from your recliner, as you look around the room with the people there in, uh, what are the people in your family? Are they givers? Are they savers? Are they spenders? My wife is a, is a giver. She's always been a giver. She's, she's great at it. And, and not just in terms of money. She just, she's the person who gives to other people. She likes to do that. She enjoys doing that. I'm a saver. I've always, I'm always thinking about what I've got to save up for. <laughs> And, um, well, my children, they, they, they love to spend. <laughs> and, of course, we all go through different phases. But, but in your nature, what are you? You know, your father is a giver. Your eternal father is a giver. He wants to give good gifts to his children. He, he's generous in all sorts of ways. And so we not only acknowledge that we're blessed, but we acknowledge where those blessings come from. They come from God. And they come from God because he's good. Now, when you think about the blessings and the blesser, you need to understand that there's a reason and purpose. God doesn't do anything outside of a reason and a purpose and a plan. So God being a giver has blessed you with many generous gifts, good and perfect gifts. And we can go about simple things, we can go about... You know, bigger things like your family and your friends and your jobs and your home and your clothes and your food and, and all of the blessings that you take for. We can talk about the spiritual blessings that you've received in Christ. When you begin to count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. You see, when, when we not just acknowledge the blessings, but we begin to acknowledge God's work through the blessings, then we understand that there's, there's another thing coming for us. You see, it's one thing to realize our blessings. It's, it's another thing to realize the blesser. But we then have to understand that those two things put together in our lives are going to lead us something to something and for something with the blessings that we've been given. See, you're blessed by the blesser to be a blessing. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. This is one of the few times when we hear from Jesus outside of the gospel accounts. And I'm not sure exactly the context. The the scripture doesn't say, but Luke reminds us. He says, when he writes these things down in Acts chapter 20, and all things... I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It seems counterintuitive, right? But the older you get and and the more you experience the giving and the receiving that happens in life, the more you understand that what Jesus said was absolutely right. There's more blessing in the giving than in the receiving. Most people, if they're not aware of God's blessings, and they're not aware of God, use God's blessings to bless themselves. And you can do that. 
You can do that. You can take the gifts that God's given you and use them 100% to focus on you, to make your life better, to improve your lot, to, to climb the ladder of life, to, to make things better for your children and your children's children. And you can do that all for you. But you're missing out on a great blessing. And that is the blessing of giving Blessing of generosity. See, God desires that we use His blessings not just to bless ourselves, but to bless others. And until you start to do it, I, I, there's no other way that I know of that you, that you can experience the blessing of giving until you just start and do it. It's one of those things that you have to do it first before you can experience the blessing. If you're following along in your Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 24 and 25. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. This is not something that you will find in a basic accounting class. It does not make sense on the ledger sheet. And even in our own thinking, sometimes we think, you know, when I get a million dollars, then I'm really going to be generous. The scripture said it doesn't work like that. (laughs) You see, if if you want a a million dollars, you got to be learned to, to be generous with your dollar. God has designed the universe in such a way, and and I can't really define it except to say that I've experienced it, that giving precedes receiving. And it doesn't make sense. It seems like you should have, like once you receive all the blessings that you need, then you begin to share. That's not how it works. As you begin to share the blessings that you do have, God pours in more blessings into you. Now, it's not always financial blessings. I don't want you to mix me up for a health, wealth, prosperity preacher. That's not what I'm saying. The blessing is not always financial. But the blessings always come when we begin to pour out, when we begin to pour into other people. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. It doesn't make sense. But it's the way God designed the world. 1 Timothy chapter 6. The Apostle Paul writes this to the young preacher, his true son in the faith. And he says this, As for the rich in this present age, and by the way, that's all of us, okay? Regardless whether you got five talents, two talents, one or half a talent, you're rich. Certainly in this country, in our culture, in this time, in this age, compared to those people at those age, of that time and that age, we are rich. So this commandment's for all of us. Sometimes we think, well, that's not me. I'm, not, or I'm definitely not rich. No, no, you are. Look what he says. Charge them not to be haughty, not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. You see, when you give, you're acknowledging that you understand where the blessings come from. And when you're generous, you're, you're showing your, your dependence upon God, the good and faithful giver. He goes on to say, they are to do good. They are to be rich in good works, 
to be generous and ready to share. That's how God's people are to be. And he says this, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So you're blessed. You're blessed by the blesser. Every good and perfect gift, every single thing that you've received, every, everything that's in your hands has been put there by God. You're blessed by the blesser to be a blessing. To use the blessings that he's poured into your hands to bless others, to pour into others, to water others, to refresh others, to share with others, to do good works. Now, I can tell you all those things, and probably most of you watching know that that's true. But more helpful, as is always the case, would be to share an example of generosity. And I'm not going to talk about the plate. I'm not going to talk about this, because I hope you understand that's not just what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a manner of living. I'm talking about a a mindset, an attitude of abundance. I've shared before that my youngest daughter, Grace, uh, loves to fish. A long time ago, she wanted to go fishing. We have a little pond in our neighborhood, and so she said, Dad, I really like to go fishing. And I said, well, this will go quickly. I know how this is going to go. She'll get all excited, get the pole, get the bait, get the, you know, her little tackle box. We'll go out there and we'll cast. And then comes the waiting, right? You cast and you wait. This is what, I mean, this is what got me out of fishing. I remember doing the same thing when I was her age. And I just had no desire to fish <laughs> because I was excited for baiting the hook. I was excited for casting, but the waiting just drove me crazy. And I would stir and I would fidget and I I just couldn't do it. And so I gave up on it. I figured she would too. (laughs) The problem is, well, not the problem, but the funny thing is, God has a sense of humor. So my, at the time, I think she was eight or nine, daughter went to the edge of the pond. We got the hook ready. We cast it out. And that Hook wasn't out there five minutes, and here she catches something. And she's excited, and she reels it in, and we take the picture. And, and of course, now, what does she want to do? She wants to do it again. <laughs> and she just kept catching. And she was good at it. My joke is I call my little Grace the fish whisperer. I don't know. There's something about girls in pink and sparkly things that attracts the fish. I don't know what it is. So I shared that story and we had a, a, another person in the Northside family who's a master fisherman, Roy Helm. He loves to fish, and much like Grace, he's good at it. Now, my problem with teaching Grace how to fish is I've basically taught her everything I know. I don't know anything about which lure, which jig, which, you know, when's the best time, what the best bait is. I, have no, I don't know how to tie the knots. I don't know how to do any of it. So, so Grace has already reached the level where I can teach her no more. When I shared that, Roy came and caught me after a service a while ago. He said, I would like to take Grace fishing. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. And so we set a date, and it was this last Friday. That was the appointed time. And 
we loaded up the car. We didn't have to take anything. Roy said, I've got the poles. I've got the bait. I've got all the equipment. You can bring your stuff, but you, you just more than just come along and, I'll, and we'll have a great time. And so we did. This past Friday morning, myself and Roy and Grace went fishing. Now, that's really an overstatement, okay? Roy and Grace went fishing. I did cast a couple of times, and I did catch a couple of rocks and twigs. But that was about all I did. I was mostly the photographer on this expedition. But Grace and Roy had a great time. And they casted and they caught. And I don't even, I lost count of how many fish she caught. We took home three. Grace had a great time. And she enjoyed the day and, and she got to learn a little more about fishing because of Roy. Now it's a simple story. To make a point. Roy was generous. Before we went out fishing that morning, Roy said, let's have a prayer. Now, if you know Roy Helm, you know he's a prayer. He's a faithful prayer. has a prayer list and people he prays for every single day. And so we prayed and he said, God, we, we sure do thank you for this good day. And we thank you for the good fish that you've made. And we pray that you might, if it's your will, bring a few our way. You see what Roy did there? He knew he was blessed. And he bowed his knee and his head before the blesser. And he asked for the blessing. Not for himself. It wasn't like Roy needed any more fish. He did that so he could bring a, be a blessing to my daughter, Grace. And he knew he was blessed. And then every single time that we would catch one, no matter how big or small it was, you know what Roy would do? I found this fascinating. He'd look up, and he'd say, take his hat, and he'd say, thank you, Lord. You see, Roy was acknowledging, not only that he was blessed, but every single blessing, from the biggest fish to the small, comes from above. I love that. You see, Roy was able to use his blessings to bless Grace and I. He shared his time, he shared his talents, he shared his tools, because he's generous. And it's not just Roy, I mean, I don't just put Roy on a pedestal, I just give that simple example of generosity is the kind of, that's the way God's people are to be, acknowledging our blessings from the blesser and using those blessings to be a blessing. So this is the example that I thought of, and I hope that you all will remember. You have been blessed in the same way to be a blessing. He wants you, whatever he's given you, to be generous with his blessings. And he's not waiting. He's not, he doesn't want you to wait until you have piled a certain amount of blessings till you can be a blessing. That's not how it works. Take what you have right now. And ask yourself, how can I use my blessings to be a blessing? The most famous verse, even people who don't go to church and don't read their Bible that much, know John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But what does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave. Not just anything. He gave everything. He gave His only Son. 
that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You see, when it comes down to God's blessings, it's not a matter of how much you have. It's a matter of how you hold your hands. You've heard me tell the story of the wise man. The wise man uh, lived in a cabin up high on the mountain. People from far and wide came to hear from the wise man, to hear his judgments, and get his wisdom about life. Two young boys decided they wanted to try to trick the wise man, and they decided to catch a bird and catch the bird. And then they would go to the wise man's home, and they would knock on the door, and they would ask him, wise man, please tell us, is the bird in our hands alive or dead? So they embarked out, they went up the trail, they went to the old man's home, they had the bird in their hand, they knocked at the door, the door opened. There stood the two boys, bird in hand. They asked him, tell us, wise man, is the bird in our hands alive or dead? Now knowing that whichever answer he gave, If he said, I perceive that the bird makes sounds and must surely be alive, they would crush it and kill it. Or if uh, he said, well, I perceive the bird is quiet and still, therefore it must be dead, they would open their hands and set it free. The wise man looked at the boys. He looked at the bird. He looked at their hands. His answer to them was thus. The bird in your hands is as you will it. The same is true for you and I. How generous we decide to be with the blessings in God's hands, in our hands, it is as we will it. We can choose to close our hands tightly around them and hold on to our blessings with all that we have because we're going to lose our jobs and because the stock market is going down because we just don't know. Or we can open our hands And realize that every blessing we've ever had and that we will ever have comes from one who is above and who's still good and who's still faithful and who's still generous. But our attitude and our position of our hands, you see, well, that's up to us. So my question is, into which hands do you think God tends to pour his greatest blessings? To those that are closed? Tightly, so tightly around the blessings? Or to those that are open and generous willing to share. God is a God of the open hand. In fact, he didn't just open his hands, he opened his son's hands. As he was stretched out upon a Roman cross and his life given for you and I. His hands were opened that the blessings of heaven might be poured out into our lives and into our hearts. I hope that you will choose to be a person with open hands who receives the blessings from the blesser to be a blessing. And may God bless you.